Hi, I'm Dominic Insinius, leader of The Heart. I want to welcome you to The Heart Podcast. Thank you for letting us be a small part in your journey of faith. I hope this message today encourages you and strengthens you. Big things can happen when we expect God to move, so I pray today that God would speak to you through this message. Hey, you guys, good morning. I think I've met everyone here this morning, but if we haven't met or if you're watching online and we have not met, my name is Crystal. I am one of the leaders here. Uh, Dom, who is our pastor, he is out. He's at another wedding. If you have his number, can you just please text him and let him know his PTO is is done? No more, no more PTO for him. No, I'm just joking. We love when he gets a, a chance to take a break. And so um, I'm going to get an opportunity to share with you guys this morning, which is all always such an honor um, and a challenge for me. So we're going to be in this together, yeah? All right, so we've been in a series where um, it's called What Faith Looks Like. We have been exploring the different ways that faith can show up in our lives. So beyond the, the Instagram quotes and the Bible covers, how else can faith show up in our lives? And what we've been discovering is that sometimes it looks a little unusual, right? So Dom has talked about a couple of different concepts. Last week he was talking about how our faith can show up in the unknown, um, how we can be prepared for the unexpected. We talked a few weeks ago about how faith can show up as sacrifice. So whenever we're making these decisions to hold on the things that we want right now for the things that we want maybe later on in life, sacrifice is another way that faith can show up. And so today, what I want to talk about and what we're going to look at a couple of stories in the Bible on is how faith can show up in foolish ways. So will you pray with me? God, I thank you for this time together and make us fools for you. Amen. All right, so some of you guys are thinking I'm a fool for wearing uh, ripped jeans on platform talking about Jesus, but these are holy, probably sanctified, so we're good. I'm sorry, that was a bad joke. Real pastor will be back next week, so uh, make sure that you come back. But I've been, uh, I've been thinking through this idea of foolish faith. What does that mean? Because we, we've heard about faith, and you hear about foolishness, but what is foolish faith, right? Who shows up and wants to look like a fool in any capacity? When we think about foolish, at least when I think about someone who is doing something foolish or says something foolish, usually the words like irresponsible or reckless or silly come up for me. So how can we have a faith that is foolish? Well, that's what we're going to look at here in just a moment in the book of Samuel. We're going to look over a story about David and Goliath, and maybe you've heard of that story, but hopefully today, like Bertie was saying a little bit earlier, that through this message, you can have a different perspective of what that story can mean to you in your life. So before we go over that, I want to share a story with you when I made a foolish decision. It was a while ago. By a while ago, I mean like literally last month. So I have been traveling a lot for work. Um, And I'm not like someone in the past that just traveled a ton. So um, I just started traveling, learning all the ways. You know, I went from taking a big, huge suitcase. Now I'm down to a carry-on where barely I've got everything packed in there. And they're usually asking me to go ahead and check it. But I'm like, no, this is fine. We got rolly wheels. We're going to be fine. So I've been flying. And um, I was coming back from a trip. And I was getting ready to head back to Austin. And I was on this flight. 
And I'm not a first class kind of gal. I know I look like I'm from Cedar Park in Austin, but like I'm not used to the first class situation. But because I fly so much, they've been upgrading me, which is legit. So I'm in this first class seat and there are some fancy people around me. There's this lady that she's walking up and I was like, oh, please don't sit by me. You look so fancy. So I mean, she's in white pants on a plane. Like who does that, right? Foolish. So she sits by me and she knows all the tricks of the trade. But what happened was in what I do in my role, I work for a hospital, we have operations calls. And these are calls that it doesn't matter if you're traveling or if your arm has been amputated, you're on this call because you have a report to give and everyone and their brother and their cousin and their son's dog is on this call listening. So you have to be on, right? I've missed one and I will never do that again. So I'm getting ready. I know I have a report for this call. I'm texting the CEO and I'm saying, hey, we'll just say his name's Jim. Hey, Jim, I'm, I don't know. We're cutting it close. I don't know if I'm going to be on this call. And he's like, you got to be on this call. I got to be on this call. So I'm sitting in this seat and they're getting ready. We're going to take off here pretty soon, right? So they're getting ready to do all of the emergency procedures. However, what do you think happens? They're about to call my name. So I'm like, oh no, what are we going to do here? I mean, my heart is going, I feel like I'm on like a, what is it, Keanu Reeves movie? Like just straight action flick, like my heart is pounding. It's like, okay, I'm going to have to report. So I have my AirPods in and it's, it's coming up and they start doing the emergency procedures. Well, I just put my AirPods in and start reporting like I can't hear them in first class where they can hear everything that you're talking about, right? And the lady next to me, she is like nudging me and the flight attendant is like, ma'am, ma'am. And I'm just acting like they're not even there at all. I finish this report. I look up and she says, do you need to get off of the plane? Like, I knew this was a foolish, foolish decision to go ahead and do what I was going to do. I felt it in my gut, right? Have you ever done that? Like you were getting ready to make a decision and you just, you knew it wasn't a good one. Usually those phrases will start with like, we'll see what is about to happen. This is going to hurt. For me, spring break 2004, it was usually started with like YOLO or something like that. You guys were too cool to say that, right? But, but that was me. So. Point being, we know when we are getting ready to make a foolish decision. And it's not typically paralleled with something that is faithful uh, or wise counsel, something that you're leaning into God. But what we're going to find through this story, and what I uh, want to share a couple of examples with you in other stories, is that God will partner with you in your foolishness for his glory if you let him. He will stand right beside you and pass on his courage so that you'll win battles that you never knew existed that were going to exist in your life. It's kind of like uh, there's a couple of different examples that I was looking up when I was thinking through this. Um, and, you know, against all odds, there are some people in history who have seemed on the surface to have a foolish idea and they've changed everything poetry and places and philosophy have come from these people that everyone else called foolish. Walt Disney. Did you know Walt Disney, Mickey Mouse, was not his first character. He had some other character that was rejected constantly. He went bankrupt seven times. So now he went from this person that was rejected to animated royalty. Dyson, James Dyson, in the 70s, he decided he was going to create a vacuum without a bag. And all of the, 
I won't say women, because maybe men vacuumed then too, everyone was like, that'll never happen. And now, probably, your wife or a female sitting next to you has an $800 piece of metal that just spins air really fast for their hair. Or they want one. That's me. So if you have one you don't want, you can just pass it along. So we're buying this vacuum that everyone thought was foolish before, and we're using it on our hair. What in the world? And then Tom Brady, go sports. So I was looking up some stats about Tom Brady. I know nothing about him other than I think he's married to Giselle, right? Maybe? Matt said yes. So Tom Brady, when he was going through the NFL draft, the scouts counted him as average at best. In fact, you can go up. They have like the reports for the scouts. They said he was skinny. He couldn't take a hit. He wasn't proficient at throwing a spiral. I think that's probably where the ball goes really fast, something like that, and spins. So he was nowhere near where a professional NFL football player would be when they entered a draft. But as we may or may not know, here's some stats about Tom Brady. 22 years in the NFL, most games won at 277. Most games played by a quarterback, 363. Most ground gain by throwing a forward pass, 900, just kidding, 96,969 yards. And oldest player to receive the most valuable player award in the Super Bowl at 43 handsome, handsome, handsome years, right? So here are some things that when I think through these people, and when I think through this story that I'm getting ready to share with you all, they essentially have three things in common. Three attributes or, or characteristics that you'll see as a pattern. They have this unrelenting belief in what is possible. Not in what is possible in them, but just what is possible. They see problems as a challenge instead of a stopping point, right? So if there are these challenges, they're not just saying, that's it, I'll never make it. They work past them. In the story with Tom Brady, whenever you read up on him, it talks about how he was relentless in sharpening his skills. And we might know that about Kobe Bryant. In the interview, I was watching an interview with um, him and Shaq the other day. I don't know how I ended up on this YouTube. Um, I was like in full-blown YouTube university where you're just watching all these videos that you normally wouldn't, right? Um, last week, Dom was talking about how he's not very much of a handyman, but if you know him or I'm here to share with you, he watches like YouTube on everything for hours, so you can learn anything on YouTube. So anyways, on the YouTube interviews with like Kobe Bryant and Shaq, they just, you know, they always had like this little battle between the both of them. A lot of people said it was a marketing stunt, but what Shaq will say is like Kobe was relentless in his practice time. When everyone else went out, he went to the gym, right? Always sharpening the skills. And then the last thing is these people, they don't allow other people's opinions to dictate what they're capable of, right? They're not listening to the scout or a friend or a professor or a teacher to determine what they are capable of. And on the surface, it may look like foolishness. And God turns it into faith for his glory. So I wrote this down for you. Foolishness will leave us feeling empty. Foolish faith will fill us with courage. So that story of me on the plane, which I'm so embarrassed about, like as soon as it happened, I was just like, oh man, that was so 
disrespectful to this flight attendant, what they're trying to do. I knew what I was doing. This wasn't like, you know, an innocent, um, oh, I didn't know. No, I knew. I knew that I should not be talking during the emergency procedure. See, this is why I like sitting in coach. They can't hear anything. I mean, you could have like a full-blown meal on your lap during takeoff and all the electronics. They don't even see you. It's fine. Um, so anyways, whenever we think through um, this, this courage act, it's like we have these people and some of you are in the room right now where you, you know, your faith is so beyond what everyone else can see around you. And just before we get into um, kind of the nitty gritty of this story, I want to I wanna tell you that if you're not there yet, it's okay. This whole thing, this whole faith journey, that's exactly what it is. It's trial and error and learning more about God, and then maybe something happens and you're sifting away a little bit and then leaning back into him, looking to people in the community and thinking through, how do they have that kind of faith? Where is that at for myself? And that's what the journey is all about. And what I've been learning over the past six years in this community is that my faith is, is never going to look steady, right? It's going to ebb and flow. And it's as I'm taking these steps towards God that I'll learn more about the courage that I can have in my life. So I want to look at two, two different ideas here. Um, because before we get into like really understanding the foolish faith, I want to kind of look at faith. I know for me, there have been times in my life where I've looked to other people and I've thought, oh man, Susie, she comes to church every Sunday. She's teaching Sunday school. She doesn't have colorful Christian language when she's driving on the road, just regular crystal Christian language. And so like that is what faith looks like, right? Like that is the epitome of what faith looks like. And so even for myself, I'm someone standing up here before you today sharing about Jesus whom I love, but that doesn't make me a faith-filled person all the time. There are times in my life where I will use faith to disguise fear, where I will say, oh no, I'm not gonna pursue that or I can't do this because, oh, I don't think God wants me to do that. And when I'm honest with myself, which is a core value here at the heart, we're honest with ourselves and each other, that's me using faith to mask my fear sometimes. I don't know if you've, you've ever been there, but maybe you've lacked taking a risk because um, you, know, you were nervous to do that. And you're in front of other people, and because you don't want to look foolish, maybe you utilize something out of the Bible or a scripture. I'm not saying you've done anything wrong. I'm just saying, as humans, we do that. I didn't make the foolish decision to forget my glasses like I did last time because I can't see the back back there. So look, I brought them. So I wrote this down for you as well if you're taking notes. Just because we label it faithful doesn't mean it is faithful. And what we have to take away from that is, yes, we can lean and borrow other people's faith, but that cannot become all our own. We've got to discover for ourselves who God is and who he has designed us to be. That's the importance of taking these steps in your faith. We're taking steps just being here right now, right? Taking steps and like Bertie was mentioning earlier through worship, we can allow the things in our lives to kind of dissipate and hear what God has for us in that moment to allow for presence. 
And then on the other side of that, we have some things that look very foolish, like we talked about earlier, where on the surface it looks like, man, that's not a, that's not a great idea. What are we going to do? Maybe you're in a space of trying to determine, is this faith, is this foolishness, or is this foolish faith that I'm pursuing? I've definitely been there, where I'm like, I just can't see clearly what this decision should be, which is a a dangerous word, should, right? So in the story of David and Goliath, we're going to take a peek at that and kind of look at how he navigated um, this battle that he was in with a giant through foolish faith. And truly, whenever you exercise this type of foolish faith that's for God's glory, what that does is that's where we see the, um, the spark, the inventions come from, the new areas of life that we're able to step into, the chapters where we're turning the pages and no longer are we still held back by the problems that once just tortured us. And so I want to read a scripture with you all. There are so many stories in the Bible where you can see this idea of foolish faith exercise. You guys, like, Jesus walked on water. You're telling me if we're just all sitting back and looking and this guy is getting ready to walk out of a boat onto water, would you not be like, this fool, let's watch this one? I would if I was just watching this play out, didn't know who Jesus was. There were all kinds of people on the shore that were watching, right? So sometimes in the Bible, um, we, can, we can laugh about this. The Bible has a lot of humor in it. Sometimes the steps that these people were taking, the authors write about, it looks foolish on the forefront. So let me read the scripture to you. It's 1 Corinthians 1, and we'll start in 26. And I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation. I encourage you guys, read out of different uh, uh, translations of the Bible. They're all capturing the essence of what God is saying us to us through this, right? So like this scripture is in what's called the Passion Translation. It's a very like poetic um, transcription of the Bible. And then I also have the message. I need lots of Bibles in my life. So I also have this um, message Bible that I'm going to read the story from you. So this says, brothers and sisters, consider who you were when God called you to salvation. Not many of you were wise scholars by human standards, nor were many of you in positions of power. Not many of you were considered the elite when you answered God's call, but God chose those whom the world considers foolish to shame those who think they are wise. And God chose the puny, ouch, and powerless to shame the high and mighty. I had this... uh, technical sergeant one time. I, I served in the military for a couple of years, and um, her name was Issei. Well, that's what we called her, tech sergeant Issei. And she would make us march to a cadence, and we would spell her name E-U-S-A-Y. You're the apple of my eye. She made us do that all the way around. We looked like total fools. But um, she was this person who, like, she could have marched us straight off a cliff, and we would have gone. Because we trusted her so much. We knew if she was around, it didn't matter who else was around, like we were going to win. If it was a march battle or if it was, we used to, um, obviously there's a lot of physical fitness. So she was just like this person that you put all of your trust into and you knew if she was with you, whatever it was that you were doing, you were going to be victorious. So when I was reading through this scripture, I was thinking through that and I was thinking through like how when we can have this confidence because the Bible is telling us, right? He stands right beside us. 
there are these paths that we will take on because it's not about what we are capable of and what we are doing, but it's because he's already won. And so, um, you know, this, this, I did a lot of writing down for you guys. I've been in this note-taking um, situation, and I hope you are too, but I wrote this down. Foolish faith is not a leap in the dark. Foolish faith rests in a God who conquers. So let's look at this story of David and Goliath. We're going to see some of the same points that we saw earlier with Walt Disney and James Dyson and Tom Brady. We're going to see three main things. What you'll see, David, is he knew that he could see himself winning this battle. His perspective on problems started to look the same. And he no longer carried the armor, that will make sense in a bit, of other people around him. So if you haven't heard the story of David and Goliath, it's the things that legends are made of. So lack of resources, uh, you know, within a, a challenge where it does not look like you could ever win, right? This person was there when he wasn't even supposed to be. So um, this story, just to me, a lot of times you'll hear it as kind of like an underdog story, which it is, but we're gonna, we're gonna get a couple of other things out of here. So I'll open up with just telling you, it's a battle. Philistines are fighting these guys, the Israelites, and there's Saul, David, Goliath, lots of other people, but those are the three that we're going to talk about. So it, the, the battle opens like this. The Philistines were on a hill, the Israelites on the opposing hill with a valley between them. A giant, nearly 10 feet tall, stepped out from the Philistine line into the open, Goliath from Gath. He had a bronze helmet on his head and was dressed in armor, 126 pounds of it. I had a, don't look at me for reference, I've got a, a couple more plates worth. He wore bronze shin guards and carried a, a bronze sword. His spear was like a fence rail. The spear tip alone weighed over 15 pounds. His shield bearer walked ahead of him. All this to say this was David's challenge that was unknown to him when he first came down to this battle site. So you have this experienced warrior who's out taunting the Israelites, and they were all afraid of him. In the scripture, it says that for 40 days, day and night, this Philistine Goliath would come out and taunt the Israelites, and no one would come forth to fight this guy. So he just continued to taunt for 40 days. Well, David's father said, go take some, we'll just say goldfish, go take some crackers um, and food down to your brothers who were in battle. And so David, not knowing he's going into this whole Philistine taunt, he goes down to take some food to his brothers who are in battle. And he sees this Philistine giant taunting the Israelites. And so David, at the point, is asking everyone, well, what happens? Like, what is going on? And they tell him, well, this guy's been coming out taunting us, but everyone's too afraid to address him. No one is going to go fight him. So this is what David says, and this is the first point that I want to talk about where David can see himself winning. This is a foolish faith moment. And so David, the things David was saying were picked up and reported to Saul. Saul sent for him. Master, said David, don't give up hope. I'm ready to go fight this guy. He's like, I'll go fight this guy. What's the big deal? 
Saul answered David, you can't go fight the Philistine. You're too young and inexperienced. And he's been at this fighting business since before you were born. So see, even the people around David did not think he was capable of taking on this challenge. Sometimes that's what we do in our life. We hear these voices around us about how our path that we're walking down or the thoughts that we have where we feel truly led by God in faith. Other people will think they're silly. They're ridiculous. They're irrelevant to what we're trying to accomplish. And David said, I've been a shepherd tending sheep for my father. Quite a resume. Whenever a lion or bear came and took a lamb from the flock, I'd go after it, knock it down, and rescue the lamb. If it turned on me, I'd grab it by the throat, wring its neck, and kill it. This is not the David and Goliath you heard in Sunday school. Lion or bear, it made no difference. I killed it. And I'll do the same to this Philistine pig who is taunting the troops of God alive. God who delivered me from the teeth of the lion and claws of the bear will deliver me from the Philistine. I heard it once said there was a pastor and he was talking about this um, particular scripture and he said he had just gotten curious, right? So like David is like, what's the big deal? I've been tending these sheep. If there's a lion or a bear that comes out, I fight them. This guy's the same. So he said he went and looked up on Google the height of a, a lion or a bear when they're standing up, like full thriller, just like standing up on, you know, two legs and they are about seven to 10 feet. So David's saying, the lion, the bear, the Philistine, all these problems are starting to look the same to him. My God has delivered me from finances that have looked so complex I didn't know what I was going to do. My God has delivered or restored a marriage that seemed to be broken. So this thing that I'm facing in my life right now, is it not the same as the others? I'm not diminishing the things that we go through in life, but what I am saying is that foolish faith will have you start to have a similar perspective on all of the problems in your life, because if you look back, actually do me a favor, close your eyes, close your eyes. I want you to think about the most difficult thing you've ever walked through in your life. Put yourself right there. What was around you? Who was around you? What did it smell like? What were you wearing? What did your heart feel like? Was it going fast? What was your breathing like? Be right there for just a second. I want to tell you something, and then I want you to open your eyes on the count of three. You've made it. One, two, three, open your eyes. You're right here. Whatever that was, whatever you walked through, whatever you thought, no way I can take one more step in this. You made it. So that problem that seemed so big, so daunting, I don't know if you had foolish faith in the moment or if you were just being foolish, but somehow you made it. That's what this life partnered with God will do for you if you can just step into that a little bit. It'll remind you that you will make it, always, forever. There is nothing that you will face that will take you out. He'll stand right beside you. So that was David's perspective. And then I'm going to read this last little part. Wow, you guys, I never go over time, like ever, and we're almost there. So I'll just speed through this. Then Saul outfitted David as a soldier in armor. 
He put on his bronze helmet on his head and belted his sword around him. David tried to walk, but he could hardly budge. Saul tried to put all of these things on David that had worked for him and his army in the way that he was used to doing battle. And here's what David says. David told Saul, I can't even move with all this stuff on me. I'm not used to this. And he took it off. Why are we trying to navigate our problems with everyone else's armor on? The way that Aunt Susie did something, or the way that our friend did something and it worked for, for them, you can use wise counsel. That's not foolish. Speak to your friends. Lean into people that have gone through things that you've gone through, but you cannot wear the weight of what someone else has done for them and think that is your solution in battle. One last part. This goes down just a little bit, and this is when David is in the battle with Goliath. David answered, You come at me with sword and spear and battle axe. I come at you in the name of God of the angel armies, the God of Israel's troops whom you're curse, who you curse and mock. The very day God is handing you over to me, I'm about to kill you. Cut off your head and serve up your body and the bodies of your Philistine buddies to the crows and coyotes. David, the whole earth will know that there's an extraordinary God in Israel, and everyone gathered here will learn that God doesn't save by means of sword or spear. The battle belongs to God. He's handing you to me. God will take our battles and remind us that he's who conquer, so we can be the ones who defeat it. I wrote this down for you. Our battles will look different, but our access to Jesus is the same. So what dreams or situations in this room maybe have died away just a little bit because we were too afraid of what may happen or what people may think of us when we step out in faith or when we believe God for these wild things in our life or if we believe for a friendship or a parent-child relationship or a marriage to be restored. What things have we not pursued because we feel foolish? I put this note for myself. It won't be on the screen, but for myself, what I wanted to remember is that when I am making a decision that I think God is leaning me towards, what I want to do is I do, I want to have a foolish faith. I don't think I do right now. I think I'm very logical. I think I'm very realistic. I think I'm trying to consume all the information and make the best decision, but I want to be able to just not see a battle and shy away from it. But in the scripture, it says David ran towards Goliath. He ran towards this thing that felt so overwhelming to everyone else because he knew God had already conquered the situation. So here's what I'm going to do and what I encourage you to do. Whenever I make those choices, this is what I want to say. God, I'm doing this or I'm not doing this because I trust you. And if it's wrong, I trust you will show me that it's wrong. And if it's right, you'll show me. And I'm trusting you with the outcome. Maybe it's that we don't have to worry about what the result is going to produce, but maybe the most important part is what we're going to trust God with. 
And in life, if you do that and you trust God and the decision or the outcome is unfavorable, and if people make fun of you, well, you need new friends. And you can come here because we're good friends. We won't make fun of you. We'll just be with you in it. So I love you guys. I am so grateful that you make the choice to be with us here on a Sunday throughout the the week in connect groups. Definitely encourage you, um, if you haven't tried out a connect group, try it out because this is a great time to act a fool. It's in connect group and talk it out. Will you pray with me? Father, I thank you for moments where we can lean into a foolish faith. I thank you that it's not about where other people tell us we should be walking, but that the ultimate voice, the ultimate truth, the ultimate victory rests right in you. I thank you that the outcomes of our lives and our situations are not dependent on our ability in battle, but that we know it settles in you, the one who's already conquered death, hell, the grave, that you're the God that we can partner with. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Heart Podcast. At The Heart, we like to say you don't have to go to church here to go to church here. That means you are already part of the community just by listening to the message today. If today's message connected with you, we want to invite you to share it with someone who may benefit from it. We would love to be a part of your journey of faith. Please visit us online at www.theheart.church forward slash next to see what your next step may be. And if you live near San Marcos, Texas, we would like to invite you to visit us in person this Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Remember to be bold this week and connect with those around you. It's how your relationships grow and how your faith grows. Thank you.